Yeah. Thanks, Denim. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the enthusiasm there. Thanks, Denim and team. Good to give Dan a Sunday off. I know he appreciates that, and uh, it's, it's why we serve as a team, right? Multiple leaders. You know, I don't preach every Sunday, right? So uh, it's, it's a gift and a blessing. Well, our uh, kids can head back to Redemption Kids. Uh, pray for them as they go. And I'd like to invite the rest of you to open your copy of God's life-giving word to the book of Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 5 this morning. So if you're using one of the Bibles we provide, it's page 578. No, excuse me, 978. Let me, let me correct that. 978. And um, today is really like a part two of last week. So I, I hope you caught uh, the sermon from last week, our, our Vision Sunday sermon. Uh, if you were not able to be there, then let me encourage you to, to go online and to listen to that, okay? That was, that was the, the message that uh, we just hope and believe and expect that will set the tone for Redemption Hill in 2018. And, and today is kind of a part two, an, an accentuation of that. Um, and you might ask, like, what, what, why Vision Sunday? Like, why lock in on kind of one thing uh, as a church? Um, let me just clarify. We're certainly not saying that, that these other, you know, 10 to 20 to 100 things are, are unimportant. Uh, there is a lot that goes on in the life of the church. When, as we're seeking to be like Jesus and follow him, believe me, he changes every area of our lives. Um, at the same time, uh, there, there is a real blessing and benefit in focusing in to say, God, if you do one thing in us this year, one thing in our church, this is the one thing that we are saying, don't let us miss this. And that one thing this year is this idea of the fullness of God in us, overflowing through us. That's the vision. That's, and I was, let me just say this, okay, this is important to say, um, God answers prayer. All right, God answers prayer. Let me just give you a couple of examples. So um, last Saturday morning, I was praying with a few friends uh, in my home. We actually pray every Friday morning, but I had another meeting, and so I bumped it to Saturday morning. And, uh, and so we were praying, and God answered three prayers very specifically. One was just as we were praying, God brought someone to mind uh, that, that's, that's, you know, loosely connected with Redemption Hill, and I just messaged her as we were praying. That's okay, by the way. You can, you can do that. You know, as you're praying, you can just boom. Yeah, that's, that's legal. Um, so, so I just I messaged her, and she messaged right back, and she said, you know what? I'm not in a great place. I'll be there tomorrow. And then she was there tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like multiple answers to prayer right there. Uh, but then also, I want to share this. Uh, we also prayed. And I don't find myself praying this. I probably should pray for it more. But I was praying that God would give like a, a real sense of solemnity in our worship um, last week. Okay, like, like a, a sense of, of how glorious and how weighty he is and, and, and like a seriousness that we would be together leaning in, not because I'm giving some vision sermon, right, but because the word is so good and true and alive and changes us, right, that, that we're just all leaning in together saying, man, this is exactly what I need and this is exactly what I want for my life. I thought that like, there was a real just kind of leaning in last week as an answer to prayer. And as I've been hearing reports of groups and just how people were individually pursuing God this week, uh, I'm so encouraged that we're seeking this fullness in us that God might overflow through us. And so I just wanted to start today by uh, giving you a little bit of a picture here. Uh, I hope this goes all right. I don't normally do stuff like this, but, um, but, but just imagine that this glass is your life, okay? This glass is your life. 
And the, the exhortation from Paul, uh, we're going to read verses 15 through 21, but we're really going to lock in on verse 18, where we find this, this uh, command, okay, this instruction for us to be filled with the Spirit, okay? So, so if this glass is your life, then just imagine that uh, this, this bottle of water here is, uh, represents the, the filling of God's Holy Spirit. And, and as, as we walk with Christ and as we move forward in Christ, what we find is that God gives us His Spirit, and as we're walking with Him daily, what happens is we become more and more filled with him. All right, so just, just meditate and think on this picture here. So as, as we continue to, to walk with him, we're going to talk about what this looks like and how this works and how we can seek this. Uh, it's, it's, it's all in today's message. But, but, but the goal is, and this is God's goal for us, right, that as we continue to walk with Christ, he continues to fill us and fill us and fill us until we overflow. That's God's desire for us. Everybody drink a little bit of this. Hold on one second. All right. Yeah, pray for me. I don't have a mop up here. I don't want to fall this morning. Okay, let's pray for me now. So, 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 so do, you, do you see that? Do you see, like have that picture of overflow in your mind? This is what we are after this year as a church. Consistently overflowing with the fullness of God. And so as we read these verses here, I just want to give you a little bit of the context. I didn't do this much last week, just a little bit. But, uh, but, but Paul is writing to this group of people who follow Jesus. Okay, that's called a church, all right? And, and so he's writing to this church in Ephesus, and he's saying, look, this is all that is true of you because of what is true of God. So this is your identity in Christ. Chapter one, he prays that they would be experiencing that and increasing measures. Uh, Then in chapter 2, he talks about the salvation that we've received by grace through faith, that God has made us for these good works that we can walk in. Uh, And not only that, he has brought us together. Uh, He's reconciled different groups of people that not only weren't like one another, but they didn't even, they didn't like one another, okay? And he brings Jews and Gentiles together uh, and makes them one in him. And then he goes on in chapter 3, and he talks about the ministry that God has given him to proclaim the riches of Jesus to all people. And then it led into that final prayer that we looked at last week. He's saying, I'm bowing, I'm on my knees asking God to strengthen you by, by his spirit that you would know how much he loves you, the expansive love, the, the, the wide and the broad and the high and the, the deep love of Christ, that, right, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That is, that is Paul's goal. And so then he moves on in, in, in chapter 4, and he says, okay, so because of God has done all of this, because of all of this is true, okay, now I want you to walk worthy of this calling that you've received. I want you to reflect God in every area of your life. And he keeps coming back to this term walk. Walk just means your lifestyle, how you're going about your business in the day-to-day areas of your life. And so in chapter 5, verse 1, he's going to say imitate God. Verse 2, he says walk in love. Then down in verse 9, he says, uh, excuse me, verse 8, he says walk as children of light. And then finally in verse 15, he's going to say walk not as unwise but as wise. 
Right? So this is, this is where Paul is pushing us to. He's saying, look, walk in love, walk as, as children of light, and walk in wisdom. And then he gets into this, this uh, command to be filled with the Spirit as part of what it looks like to walk in wisdom. Okay? So let me read these verses for us, and then we'll break them down uh, by really asking three questions to understand what it looks like to continually being filled with the Holy Spirit that we might overflow with God everywhere we are. Let's read these verses together. Paul, Paul writes this. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray again together. God, we would ask that in these moments, Lord, you would help us lean in. God, that we would be all ears to how you want to speak to us from your word, your truth. And so, God, it is my assumption, and it is a safe assumption because, God, it's it's what you have, have showed us, God, right here that, that there is no one in the room who has everything that you want them to have. God, there's not one of us that are filled with your spirit to the level, to the degree that that perhaps we would want, I hope, but certainly that you would desire. And so, God, I just want to give you some praise this morning, God, that you want to fill us with yourself, that you hold nothing back, that you give of your unlimited resources, that we might experience you, and that not only we would display you, but that others would experience you through us. So God, would you, would you, Holy Spirit, move in our hearts today. God, help us to lock in, help us to listen. Help us to respond in the ways that you would have us respond. All for your name, we pray. Amen. So the three questions I I want us to, to ask and answer are simply these, okay? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit, okay? How do we go about seeking this filling of the Spirit? And then finally, what does it look like if we are being filled with God's Spirit. Okay, so I want to put it in the form of, a, of an encouragement, exhortation, but those are the three questions that we're going to be uh, answering this morning. So uh, number one, just to encourage us, look, be, con- be filled continually with God's Spirit. Okay, be filled continually with God's Spirit. This, this is beginning to, to answer the question, what does it mean to be filled with God's Spirit? So, so let me just be a, a little theological here and help us understand um, how God is, is working uh, in our, what is known as salvation. He saved us out of, of darkness and death and brought us into light and life. So w- w- how does God's salvation work? Well, um, 
when God saves us, when he brings us into the life of Christ, when he makes us alive in Jesus, okay, he gives us his Holy Spirit. All right, so, so if you have placed your faith in Jesus, trusting in what he did for you in his life, death, and resurrection, then you have God's Spirit, amazingly, dwelling in you. Jesus says God will give this to you as a gift. God will give you his Spirit. Now, with this gift, God wants us to experience maximally all that the Spirit wants to produce in us and do through us. So that's why we find this command to be being filled with God's Spirit. I think a, a decent analogy to, to understand this is, is taking uh, the idea of two substances of, of a piece of iron that is placed into a, 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 like an, a, a fire, right? Like a stove that's, that, that's, that's lit up and the coals are blazing, right? So you have two separate substances. You have the iron and the fire. And as the iron goes into the fire, what happens? The fire goes into the iron, right? And it lights up and it's moldable and it's, and it's, and it's, you're able to shape that piece of iron, and that's what God is doing with us, right? We said that the fullness of God is to make us just like Jesus. So as the Spirit is working in us, He is working to change us into the image of Christ. Sam Storms defines fullness in, in this way. I really think this is a helpful definition, okay? To be filled with the Spirit is to come under progressively more intense and intimate influence of the Spirit, okay? To progressively come under more intense and intimate influence of God's Spirit. So what do we learn from this, this verse, this one verse? And what's cool about uh, like looking at what the, the, the Bible says in the original language, this, this was all written in Greek, okay, by Paul, is like in this one word, we, we learn uh, so much just in this one word, okay? So, so first off, what we would see, uh, and it's, it's implied here, we can read it in the English text, is that when Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, okay, first off, he is talking to the entire church, all right, so this is actually, this is not like, like for one person individually, okay? This is for the entire church. He is writing to this group of believers, as he shows, shows in, in, in uh, chapter 1, verse 1, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. This is for everybody. And I said, and I wish I just, I wish I had the time, you know, to say like, Don, this is for you. Seth, this is for you. Mike, this is for you. Maddie, this is for you. I mean, it is for everyone. And this is so important because sometimes we, we hear uh, maybe in, in, in different Christian circles like that spirit filling is for a special select group of like super Christians, okay? And that then there are like ordinary Christians over here and they may, may or may not kind of attain to the spirit filling, but that is not what we find in the New Testament. Okay, the Bible tells us that there is no caste system in Christianity. There, there are not two classes of Christians, okay? There are Christians who have God's Holy Spirit, and they are filled with His Spirit to varying degrees. But only one class of Christians. 
So, so th- this is for you. And this is so important because if you do not believe this is for you, then you will not take steps this week. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, why would you pursue something if you didn't think like this was for you? But Paul is writing to everyone. If, if you are in Christ, this is for you. He wants you to experience this filling of God's Holy Spirit. Now, uh, as I mentioned a minute ago, okay, this is, this is a command, all right? You can see it very good. Be filled with the Spirit. This is not a suggestion, okay? This is something we are to pursue day by day by day by day. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my walk as, like, my life as a follower of Jesus that I have effectively minimized the role of the Holy Spirit. This can happen very easily in in certain uh, kind of uh, segments of of, of Jesus' church, okay? And I I think part of the reason for that is like Jesus says like when the Spirit comes and he does all this work in you and he makes you new and he's changing you, okay? The Spirit's job primarily is to point us to Jesus, okay? Like to to point us to who he is and and to show us who he is that we might be like him. But even as the Spirit points us to Christ, the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of the Father, okay, we should be cognizant of the Spirit's role and we should be very active in how we're praying and how we're praising God, being aware of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit wants to do this work in us. And so I would just encourage you this week, you know, don't have times like go to Romans 8, go to Galatians 5. In Galatians 5, there are four different commands where Paul's going to say in verse 16, hey, walk by the Spirit. In verse 18, he's going to say, be led by the Spirit. In verse 25, he says uh, to um, live by the Spirit, and then he follows follows it up by saying, keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, in all of these, in all of these commands and all of these kind of metaphors, what Paul is trying to get us to understand is that this leading of the Holy Spirit, this filling of the Holy Spirit, is a moment by moment leadership of God that would cause us to walk in the steps that God wants us to walk in. It's almost like uh, as, a, as a kid, I can remember uh, snow days, all right? I grew up in Kentucky, all right? We didn't have as, near as many snow days. Uh, in Kentucky, as we do in Massachusetts, right? But, but I loved snow days as a kid, not only because it meant that I didn't have to go to school, all right, but uh, also because it meant that I got to go to basketball practice with my dad, all right? So, so on those snow days, what would happen is my dad would be the trailblazer, and he would walk from our front door to our 1989 Aerostar van. Come on now, we called it Old Blue because my dad drove the wheels off, all right, which is a really good practice, by the way, if you want to save some money. Um, so, 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 so what would happen is that I would what? I would follow in his steps, step by step, all the way to the door of the van. This is the picture that, that Paul wants to give us. Walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, keep, be led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. And so this is, this is something that Paul commands us, and, and he's commanding us, okay, check this out, to come under the control, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. All right, this is, this is what, like, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means that 
the Holy Spirit is influencing our lives and we are doing what he wants us to do. So just think about the, the contrast that, that, that Paul uh, gives us here. He sets this command up by first saying, do not get drunk with wine. All right, so, so Paul understands that uh, when someone has a, a glass of wine and then another glass, you could throw in beer, you could throw in any substance, okay, that, that can cloud the mind and, and, and take over the control of our faculties where all of a sudden we are not just having a social drink, but we are being controlled by that substance to where now we don't think clearly, okay, we often don't uh, talk clearly, um, and, 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 and alcohol works as kind of a depressant, right, where it, where it limits us and, and it hinders us from being the people that God made us to be. Paul says that it leads to debauchery. It means wild, undisciplined living. Perhaps you've seen someone drunk. You know, that, that person is not acting like themselves. They are certainly not the best version of like who God made them to be. They're not acting in accordance with that. They are under the influence, right? Do you like driving under the influence? They are under the influence of alcohol. So Paul sets up the contrast and he says, look, don't be under the influence of anything other than God and his plan for you. Don't be under the influence of anything but God the Holy Spirit to, to, to so work in your life as to lead you moment by moment by moment. So the, the, the clear implication is what? Like, as, as we are taking in the Spirit, as we're taking in the things of God, as we are, are drinking in the Spirit excessively, all right? Except, like, there are no limits here, right? So, we, like, drink the Spirit in excessively. As we do that more and more and more, we come under His influence more and more and more. To follow Jesus is everything or it is nothing. I want you to think about that, right? Because, because look, what is the implication here? What is the implication? The Holy Spirit exercises such an influence over our lives that whatever he says goes, all right? What does that mean for us? It means that we surrender ourselves to God that we place our lives into his hands and we say, God, whatever you want to do with me, I am yours. The blank check is on the table. Whatever you ask me to do, however you ask me to live, I will follow you. This is what it means to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. And what I love, just to, just to kind of take this just one, one more step with you here, um, alcohol serves as a depressant, right? But the spirit serves as a stimulant, all right? So, 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 so the spirit is strengthening us uh, in our inner person, okay? And he is invigorating us, okay? He is bringing more and more and more of the life of God into us that now our, our, like, our thoughts and our desires and our loves are increasing and we're stirred up to continue on this path with him. Sounds, sounds pretty good to me. The fullness of God in us, overflowing 
through us. And so if, that, if that's what it means to be filled with the, with the Spirit, increasingly coming under the, the influence of the Spirit in, a, in an intense and intimate way, all right, then how do we receive this filling? And so I would say it's, it's through a relentless pursuit of God. And we talked about this a bit last week. Let's talk about it a little bit more this week, all right? How, how are we feeling? Like, and by the way, Paul does not, okay, this, is, this would be nice, but Paul does not give us a formula, all right? Like, you know, like these five steps, these eight practices, you know, like if you do these four things or these eight things or these 25 things, and like you'll be filled with the Spirit, okay? Like God, God uh, in his mercy doesn't, doesn't give us a, a list of rules to keep, okay? He gives us principles to live by and, and that we live by these as we're seeking to be filled with him. So let me just give you a few. How are we increasingly filled with his spirit? Number one, uh, I believe we need to cultivate a deeper hunger for God, all right? Cultivate a deeper hunger for God. God fills the hungry, all right? But God, Jesus said in in his like most famous sermon, okay, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Like God, God wants to fill us. God wants to satisfy us with himself. But, but there has to be a hunger, okay? We have to see our need for him. Not just in a like, hey, uh, an initial sense, like, hey, I'm gonna get my ticket to heaven punch and then I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. If, that, if, that's, if that's how you think, then you probably really don't understand. Uh, in fact, it's not probably you don't understand Christianity at all. We have to see our need. And I think part of the reason we lack hunger is that we either, we either don't, we don't see that we need him. We don't think that we need him. Because it's like, man, I'm good. Like where I am, like spiritually, like, man, I've taken some steps. I'm in a good place. I'm all set. And I think what happens, this was, this was in my notes last week, and it's going to keep coming up, all right? As we move into the book of Acts next week, all right, this is going to keep coming up, all right? So just get ready, please. Pray for this, okay? Um, what happens when God gets all up, can I say this, gets all up in our business? Like when God grabs a hold of our hearts, things start to get uncomfortable. Because what God wants to do is shake us out of our complacency. There is no satisfaction on the surface. Okay, think think about that. God, God wants more for us. And we need more of him. So we need him to wake us up. We need him to shake us up a little bit, to shake us out of our apathy and our complacency so that we're saying, hey, I haven't arrived. There's more to obtain. There's more ground to cover. There's more territory to win. And so God, do that work in me. If we don't see our need, then we are not gonna want more of him. And one of the reasons we don't want more of him is because we want everything else more. We just do. Why am I not filled with the Spirit? Never spend any time with the Spirit. Too busy. It's like, all right. 
If you say, or maybe a, a nicer way to put it, maybe a more accurate way to put it, if you consistently say, I don't have time for God. I couldn't find time to spend with God. You are self-deceived. You are self-deceived. Or you have been deceived by the evil one, all right? Because guess what? We, we make time for what we want to make time for. Can, can we, like, can we, like, enough with the excuses, okay? Can we just, like, own it and, and, and take these words out of our vocabulary? Oh, I didn't have, like, I couldn't find the time. Hey, that is bogus, all right? That is, like, putting it softly. That is bogus. I've been there. I've, I've lived that from different times in my periods of weeks of my life. I've just so, even, hey, here's the tricky, this is how one of Satan's schemes, like, he gets you busy for God. You know what I'm saying? Like, pastors are really busy for God, doing all these things for God. And you can do a lot for God and not be filled with God. But, but, but here's what I love. As God, this is ironic, as God satisfies our hunger with more of himself, and he cultivates this hunger in us, what happens is we find that we hunger for him all the more. And so, so, so just let me share a little t- testimony with you. And many of you heard kind of my Rhode Island story and what God did in August, and I came back and I preached that sermon on prayer on September 3rd. And so God has been, uh, this, is no, this is no boast of mine because, hey, um, God is doing this work, right? So, so this kind of season of personal revival in me. And probably the best lesson that I have learned in this season of personal revival as I'm seeking more and more of God and, and, and seeking to see others seek more and more of God, all right, is that what I have learned is just how much I need God on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis. So, so here's what I mean. It's that image of the, the, uh, the, that metaphor that, that Paul is writing to his young protege in the ministry, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, where he says, hey, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. What does a fire need to grow hotter and to burn brighter? It needs air, right? By the way, Kessid, this is a sidebar. All right, Kessid was uh, watching these little science videos on her, on her Kindle Fire. All right, fire just thrown in there and boom. Um, so, so, so she's watching on the Kindle Fire. She's watching this science experiment. I am not much of a scientist. Um, many of you who have heard me preach have you know, shared that multiple times. It's amazing that we have scientists in our church, all right? So thank you for coming, even though I don't give many scientific examples in my sermons. Right? I'm trying to grow here. So, um, so, so check this out. So if you take a sparkler, all right, and, and you put it in a, in a cup of water, if you light the sparkler and you put it in a cup of water, what happens? Huh? Come on, this isn't a trick question. It goes out, all right? Like this, the sparkler goes out. You guys, man, you, hey, I, you're making me feel better. Thank you very much, all right? Uh, man, thank you. All right, but what happens, this is so cool, right? What happens if you take some scotch tape, all right, and you wrap it around the, not the end, but, but, but most of, of the, 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 the part that, that, you know, lights up on the sparkler? And you light the end of it, and then you put it in the, the, the cup of water, the glass of water. It still sparkles all the way to the end. It doesn't go out. Why is that? It's because there's enough air inside of the, 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 the between the, the tape and the, and the sparkler for the air to continue to move forward where the fire continues to burn. 
free at YouTube, but share it on YouTube. All right. So, yeah. So, so, so what I found is, like, God, give me your air. Fan the flame that's in me. God, I need more of you. I need, to, I need to spend a little more time in prayer because I need that, that flame fanned. I need, a, I need another chapter of your word. I need another conversation with a brother or sister in Christ. Give me that worship song again because that, that blows some air into the flame of my heart. It reminds me of your truth. It, it causes me to grow in my love for you. Keep, like, keep, not just, not just day, but, like, moment by moment, fan this flame in me. Being filled with the Spirit starts with cultivating a deeper hunger for God. Number two, okay, and this is, like, again, if it sounds redundant, man, I'm happy. Good, all right? Very good, all right? Number two, pray for the Spirit to work in you daily. Well, let me just throw this out there, right? Because I've read some arguments like Luke eleven thirteen. Okay, so that was like before the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. And so Jesus' words, they kind of seem irrelevant. If, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so they're like, well, that's just to receive the Spirit on a one-time basis. But you know what? To like keep asking for the Spirit. Like, why do you ask for what you already have? Did we, did we not cover that last week? Was Tozer not good enough? To have found God and to still want more of him is the soul's paradox of love. We always want more of what we love. So, so, but but if, if that's not good enough for you, okay, so what about this? Um, what happens in your life of spiritual good? How does the kingdom come among us? Except by the work of God's Holy Spirit. So I cannot pray without implicitly asking for God to show up by his spirit and change me and to change things around me. Amen. Yes, that's right. Preach, Pastor Tanner. Thank you. One of my new jobs as a pastor, this is like, God just put this on my heart. I want to be an alarm clock for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Wake up. You know what I'm saying? Wake up. Jesus is alive. And so should you. Alarm clocks. Choose your ringtone. Okay. So, so, so this, like, this, this prayer, okay, is like we, we tuck away in, in desolate places like Jesus or we get in our prayer closet like Jesus taught us to. And so it's like we, we need to spend alone time in prayer just ask, like, God, work in me. God, work in them. But we also need to spend time together in prayer. Like, I hope that what is happening in our groups week by week by week is that we are taking this vision prayer, and it's just like part of who we are. God, fill us until we overflow with you. God, fill us until we overflow with you. Like 2025, okay? Like, this is not like... This isn't a special, like, we're going to end the, end, the game ends in 2018. No, this is, this is who God made us to be, what he made us to pursue. 
That when we pray together, when we're hanging out with friends and we pause for prayer, what a great idea, right? We're praying that God would fill us with more of himself. Pray for God's spirit to work in us daily. Number three, fill your mind with God's spirit-inspired word. So there's a parallel text to uh, Ephesians 5. It's found in Colossians 3. And what Paul says there is, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He could have said, be being filled with the word. All right, but, but he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then he even goes on, and just like it says here in the text, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's like parallel ideas. We are filled with more and more of God as we come to his truth that is given in the Spirit-inspired word. Okay, all, like God, this is God's book. This is God, like, so God wrote this book. I know that's like a, a really, like, it takes some faith to believe that. Okay, but, but God wrote this book. All scripture is breathed out by God. Theo neustas, all right, is breathed out, inspired, spirated by God, all right? And, and 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 makes it even clearer when it says that no prophecy of scripture was produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, all right? So, so, so when we come to God's word, we allow it to dwell in us with the hope that, that that hits our heart, not like stony ground that the sea doesn't fall and it washes away, but on a soft, humble heart that's saying, God, I need more of you. And then that word hits our heart and it sticks into our heart and it changes our heart so that we become more and more like Jesus. If, let me say this. If you do not dwell in the word, I don't have a lot of hope for you that you're going to be consistently filled with God's Holy Spirit. I just don't. So, so, so we hear the word. This is one of the primary reasons. You say it is the primary reason we gather, all right? The, 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 the church gathered to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? The fellowship, yes, to encourage one another, yes, to pray together, yes. All right, but, but to, to hear the word, to, to read the word, to meditate on the word, to talk about the word when we are together. And so uh, let me just say, like, you received this when you walked in, all right? We, we are trying, I like this phrase, I got it from a church planter friend this week, uh, hanging out with some other guys that are starting churches around uh, the Northeast. And he talks about shrinking the steps. And that's really good, right? We say steps change stories, and sometimes you need to shrink the steps to help people in their journey. So, so what we're doing this year is we're not saying, like, hey, let's read through the Bible. Let's read through all 1,089. Is it 1,089 or 1,189? It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. You can, you can Google that. Okay, but, but we're not saying like read through the whole, like let's just read like a portion at a time. So we read 31 Psalms in the month of, no, of January, and now we are reading the book of Acts since we're starting the book of Acts next, next week. All right, 28 chapters in Acts for the 28 days of February. Shrink the steps. And so for, so for some of you, like just to, just to try give this a shot, is a, is a huge step for you to, to see that, that just, you know, be filled a little bit more. The word dwelling in us. Here, here's one for me, all right? Was, copy, paste, send. Does anyone remember that from last week? Copy, paste, send. Did anyone copy, paste, send this week? Come on now. Somebody, anybody? I'm going to look. Anybody copy, paste, send? All right, come on now. That's why, hey, that's why I get back up and I say the same things. Like, you know, like, and it's okay. I'm not saying you don't love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I didn't copy paste in this as much this week as I did the week before. But, but you know, like, as we share with one another, we encourage one another with it. 
And, and, and I started to do this, right? Like with friends that are new to Christianity, sometimes we think we have to like be able to explain the Bible front, you know, forwards and backwards and have every answer to every argument that's like, maybe it's not true. Maybe Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Maybe he didn't like, well, well can we just shrink the step? Can we just like send people like a few verses and just like, hey, read this and tell me what you think? Copy, paste, send. We, we can do that. So, so we, we, we cultivate a hunger. We pray for the Spirit's work in us daily. And then, and then we fill our mind with the Spirit-inspired word. And then finally, listen to this, we follow wherever the Spirit leads us. The Spirit will always lead us consistent with what He has already revealed in the word. Okay, so, so most of this is like, like, listen to the word and follow what the word says. All right? Like, read the Bible and do it. That's, that's the idea behind following wherever the Spirit leads. And so what that means, listen, what that means is that we need to put off a lot of the junk, a lot of the sin in our life, okay, anger, pride, um, lust, like you, you fill in the blank, all the greed. Like we need to take these things out if we're filled with them, and we need to put them off so that we have more room for generosity and humility and self-control. Emptying precedes filling. And, 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 and with this, okay, this is so important. We're going to talk about this in a little bit more in a minute. But um, the Holy Spirit is, a, is God, and God is personal. Okay, so, so the Holy Spirit is a person. And, and when we do not align our lives with what the Holy Spirit has instructed us to do, desires for us to do, what happens is we actually are not just resisting the Holy Spirit, okay? We are grieving the Holy Spirit. We're grieving the Holy Spirit. Look back in, in chapter 4, verse 30. Here it is. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I know it's a, it's a little hard to think about, but, but when we don't follow God's ways, that makes God really sad. And it makes him more than sad. It actually grieves him. And so when we resist the Spirit, when we... When we quench that work of the Spirit, we grieve the heart of God. And I hope that doesn't like pile guilt on you this morning. That's not the goal, but it is to maybe wake us up to the fact that God really, really, really wants what's best for us. And He really, really, really wants us to follow in His ways with all of who we are. Because here's the flip side, okay? It's not just like now we're locking in on God, grieving God, and man, I grieve God all the time, right? I mean, my sin, okay? And that's why we repent, and that's why we ask for forgiveness, all right? And he's a loving father who, when his children wrong him, he brings them back into relationship. He doesn't hold that against us. That's forgiveness, all right? But, but not only does, does, does the, our sin grieve God, okay? Conversely, our obedience, our following in his ways, God, it makes him thrilled, it's the, like when we follow in the, like when we are seeking him and as we're listening to the words, we're following what the word says, okay, it makes God excited. 
He's a proud father. He, he loves, there's a smile on his face. God throws parties when people step into his life. We just hope you believe that today. I hope you're leaning in because that will compel your obedience and your following Jesus more and more and more. So, as we, as we seek this continual filling of the Holy Spirit through a re- relentless pursuit, the goal is that we would overflow with him everywhere. So I just want to spend the last few moments thinking about what this looks like, okay? What, what does this look like? What does it look like? How would you know if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I think the scriptures tell us in, in various ways, okay? Uh, first and foremost, the Spirit filling us means that we are overflowing with the very presence of God. All right, so, 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 so God's goal in redemption, okay, is not to just give us like a, a, a break at the end of eternity, so we're forgiven, and then we just kind of like, no. God redeems us, God saves us to bring us back into a relationship with himself. So every good thing that God is doing in our life, it is to bring us into a more intimate relationship, to be more aware that God is in me, that, that, that I know that uh, as I'm going about my business uh, day by day. If we are more concerned, listen, if we are more concerned about what God is doing in us and what he's doing through us, more than the fact that God just simply loves us and wants to walk with us, we're off center. Okay, I hope you understand that. It's like uh, when Jesus sent out his disciples two by two, and they came back and they were like, they were just, they were so pumped up. And the, man, the demons are subject to us. And man, people are hearing the message and, and things are changing. The kingdom is coming. And Jesus is, like, he is pumped up, right? Because he says, like, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's a big deal. But then you know what he says next? You need to know. But nevertheless, I tell you, rejoice not because the demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Do you hear that? Your name, God knows your name. You have a relationship with God. What you do for God is never more important than who you are before God. Because God didn't make you just to do stuff. God made you to love him. So, so this, is, this is so important. Because if you're new to Christianity, Christianity is all about a relationship with the God of the universe. To step into to Christianity is to step into a relationship. But it is, listen, it is a supernatural relationship. So this, this presence of God is an empowering presence. That's how some people have summed up the work of the Holy Spirit. God's empowering presence. Acts 1.8, we'll see it next week. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. As we saw last week, the Spirit strengthens us uh, to, 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 to love and serve and to follow God. And listen, because God's power is in us, then the potential to overflow with him goes with us wherever we go. An amazing thought, right? Like wherever, like neighborhood, family, friends, work, out and about doing whatever you love to do. God wants to overflow through you as he's filling you. 
So let me just give you four kind of handles on what the, the empowering presence, like the presence and power. Those are, I think those are presence, most important. Power is, is, characterizes that presence. But then what does this empowering presence lead us to do? Let me give you four things really quick, all right? Number one, God's empowering presence causes us to overflow in praise, all right? So it's so like saying, God, you're amazing. Like all the credit is yours. You, you are the one that is above all. Look, look back at verses 19 and 20 here. When we're filled with the Spirit, we are addressing. This is a part of telling us what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit, okay? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks to God the Father in everything and always in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we are being filled with the Spirit, then praise is going to characterize our lives. We're just going to like... Man, God, you are amazing. God, I know you did that through me, but you did that, and you received the glory for that. Like, you received the, like, I can't boast about that because you gave me the ability, you empowered me to make that happen. And specifically here, what Paul is, is talking about is the, the reality of, of coming together as the church and, and singing to one another, making melody together. And so, so, so we have to think about praise at two levels, okay? On the one hand, yes, there's personal praise, but on the other hand, there is the gathered church coming together to encourage one another about the truth of God, to look back at what God has done, to sing in faith about what he's going to do again, right? Remember, unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on, right? The kingdom is reigning, you remember all that? Like, hey, I know Dan wants me on the music team, don't, don't hate, all right? But, so like we're singing these like, these truths about God and, and, and with the hope that in our corporate praise, it helps us in our personal praise. So we, we choose songs intentionally around here because the songs that we sing on Sunday are the songs that we want you singing on Monday and Tuesday. So, so think about it like this. What happens on Sunday Corporate praise should be both the culmination of what is happening in our personal praise Monday through Saturday, and it should be the catalyst that is launching us forward into more personal praise Monday through Saturday. You follow me? Our personal praise of God. Like we're ready to worship because we've been worshiping all week. It's more a simple and fluid way to say it. So God is, God is filling us to like an atmosphere of worship. I'm talking about listen to worship music wherever you are, wherever, like on your commute, in your home, okay? Like buy a Bluetooth speaker. They're not that expensive, okay? And listen to some, like bump that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like lean in with this atmosphere of praise in your life. This is what the Spirit will lead you to do. It will also cultivate it more and more in you. Number two, God's empowering presence not only overflows in praise, but it overflows in purity. All right? There is a reason why the Spirit is called by Jesus again and again and again and again, the what? Holy Spirit. God is holy. God is completely perfect. He, is, he has all moral perfections. And as we've seen, we said it again and again, like God wants us to be just like him. God wants us to be just like Jesus. 
And so when we look at Galatians 5, and he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit does is they cause us to overflow with everything that is true of God in, in terms of his character and what he wants to produce in us. Love, joy. Do you have joy today? Peace. Do you have, like, even when life is going crazy, you can be, still be filled with the Spirit because God gives you his peace. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and, and such things as these, like wisdom, boldness, on and on we could go. So the Spirit is working to produce this purity in us. He is also working to cause us to overflow in partnership. All right, this, this, is, this is seen in the last verse here, verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then Paul's going to launch into all these different relationships in the home between uh, husbands and wives, in the home between parents and children. And then he gets into work relationships too. Okay, he's like, all of this work of God should be evidenced in all of your relationships in life. And so God fills us with the Spirit, not only to produce the fruit of the Spirit, but to also exercise the gifts of the Spirit. We'll talk about that more in the book of Acts, all right? And, and, and so all of that, what, is to build one another up. So what we see in Romans 12, what we see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, all right, is that God gives us the spiritual gifts so that we encourage one another in Christ as we're overflowing. Not only is our praise of God increasing, but our ability to encourage one another is increasing as well. Get ready. Get ready, right? As God fills you, as God fills you, the people that are sitting around you, they're going to feel it, and they're going to change, and God's going to actually use you. You're like, here's a word. As you submit to the influence of the Spirit, you become more influential. You want some influence? Like, you want to be used for good? God's empowering presence overflows not just for the sake of one another, but also for the sake of the world. Praise, purity, partnership, proclamation. And we're just going to camp out in the book of Acts for a couple months. And what we're going to find is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon people in power, they will be his witnesses. This is disturbing to me. This is disturbing to me because oftentimes Pastor Tanner is a coward. I'll talk about anything else that's going on. And like Celtic, like Kyrie dropped 37 last night. Don't just think I love sports. I actually took my wife to the BSO Thursday night. Thing. Guess what I'm wearing this, by the way. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you listen to your wife. Yeah, come on. You'll be seeing more of this. I'm going to get like a different shirt and it'll look like a different outfit. Yeah, so whatever. Um, we talk about all the, like, and that's good by all means. Like, talk, talk about whatever that's good. But could we just also talk about who is best? I just want to throw this out there. And you might not want to come to Redemption Hill anymore if you don't want to, like, be, be, be like, encouraged in this area. Because when we are full of God's Spirit, we will talk about Jesus. And one of, one of just the safe conclusions that I, like the reason we do not talk more about Jesus in just natural everyday ways is apparently because we're not full of God's Spirit. 
So listen, this is, this is all about God leading us moment by moment. Sometimes it's very like, boom, God did something astounding and he pulled us into himself and he really shook us up. But, but, but listen, it's not always fireworks with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's our impression, what we see on TV, whatever. Sometimes it's fireworks, but sometimes it's very subtle. So let me just kind of close with this, and I want to invite the, the band to come up and lead us in a song of response. Jonathan Dodson, in his book, Gospel-Centered Discipleship, he, he says this. He describes the work of the Spirit in this way. I really love this, okay? He says, I'm discovering that most of the time, okay, not all of the time, but most of the time, the power of the Spirit is subtle, not showy. All right, so think about this. The Spirit is present in our subtle inclinations to serve our spouses, do what's right, read the Bible, love the marginalized, make disciples, and commune with God. He is the one who prompts you to pray for others. He is the one who restrains you from clicking on that image on the internet, making that purchase, or silently judging someone else. He prompts you to encourage a friend to praise the good in a coworker, or to rejoice in God's remarkable grace. If you are in Christ, you have the Spirit and He prompts you all the time. We simply need to surrender to His prompting. And so as we journey this year, for the fullness of God in us, to overflow through us. I just want to ask, like, if, if we're going to see this breakthrough year that we're praying for in Redemption Hill, more people coming to know Christ, greater works, people's lives being changed on Sundays and groups, serving, all of this stuff, all right? It's going to, bec- it's going to come because our, our lives are a blank check before God. And we're saying, God, whatever you want to do, do it in God, however you want my, my life, is like you sign the check. God, you sign the check. So can we just pray that as we continue to worship God here this morning? Father, thank you so much that you desire to fill us with yourself. You could give us no greater gift And so, God, would you move us today, God, to not just hear and to be kind of stirred up for a few moments. But, God, if if your Spirit's truly working in us, God, then, then we'll take these encouragements and we'll take this instruction. And this afternoon and tonight and tomorrow and the next day and the next week, and then, like, we will continue seeking more of you out of a hunger, praying, filling our lives with your word, living according to what you have said you want for us. God, may our lives be a blank check in your hands. We pray this in the name of Jesus.